here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. SAFM 106.1 FM in Bombela. 12 minutes after two. Thank you so much for staying with us. So there is a case that I've been following for about two weeks now, which just boggles the mind. And it's of an employee who feels really, really discriminated against by the employer. And I didn't have any, any answers, so we decided to get um, a labor law expert to try and assist it. Uh, Mike Backram is joining us on the line. And I'm also going to put on the line as well uh, anonymous. Uh, for obvious reasons, we're going to keep it anonymous. And and we're also going to keep the company that she works for anonymous. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Hi, good afternoon, and thank you for having me. I'm really honoured. Thank you. Okay, and then anonymous, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Having me as well. Okay, anonymous, would you help us with 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 your story and and take us through what your problems are with your employer? Okay, um, this started being. Um, we were told that we are going to go on a lockdown. So I was chosen to work from home, which I did. And then I think after a month or so, we were asked to return back to the office. So when we returned back to to the office to our surprise, when I checked my ID number on the UIF link, I saw that the company had claimed UIA for my behalf. And when I had left work, I had not signed any papers or anything that said that I'm allowing them to claim on my behalf. We then had a meeting with my with my bosses. We addressed this whole thing with the UIF problem that we recently discovered. We were then told that um, the company does claim. So they will claim my UIF for a foreign um, employee as well. What, so do, you we, mean, what do you mean we, by that? Um, what I mean is that my UIF is claimed for somebody else that works in the same company as me, ah. but is Zimbabwe. So are you saying they would use your employee number to claim for somebody else? Yes. Okay. That's what we were so, told. So, so was, was, was your salary affected? So, in other words, wh- why were you going through the UIF and, and checking um, whether you had a claim or not outstanding? No, my cousin had told me when they were also back at work to check because when she checked it on my behalf, she saw that I appeared there. Okay. So, I did not believe her. Then when I did it, I could see that I've been claiming for UIF since I actually started working from home. So they had, they, and they didn't tell you this, that the, you, were, you they were claiming on your behalf since you're working from home? No, they did not tell us. When you because were, when we asked, they were also surprised to say they also didn't know about it. Okay. So when you were going to work from home, did they mention anything about salary cuts or anything like that? Or was everything just going to be normal? Um, no, we were just told that um, we're just going to get our, our basic salary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, go ahead with your story. So you are at a point where you discovered that there was a claim on your yes. um, with using your name for somebody else. Yes. So after we had the meeting with them telling us that, okay, 
your UIF um, is being claimed, but it's paying a certain foreigner that's working in the company. We, as the whole group that was working from home, decided to just leave it as it is. Then when we asked that, okay, we then we went back to say, right, we went to the UIF and they're telling us that it's not possible that my UIF is claimed for somebody else. Then they came back to tell us that, no, with the foreign um, UIF, it takes time. Even till when we had the meeting, they had not received the money. So they're working hand in hand with the UIF to say that, okay, no, because so-and-so is foreign, we took this one's money, paid it, so you to pay us for that foreign because we already took that one's um, UIF. So we just left it as is. We took their story. Okay. Then afterwards, after that meeting, during that meeting, I had a, a slight cough. And I was then asked to go home and test. Mm-hmm. Then I did that. I went to different clinics. I was turned back because they had said that I, I'm not showing any symptoms. Mm. And I'm not... Like, there's there's literally nothing wrong with me, so they can't test me because I'll be wasting resources. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're just dealing with people that are showing symptoms and that are sick. I then went back to my manager, told my manager, okay, this is what's happening. I've been going to different clinics, and they're telling me that they're not going to test me. My manager then said, I need to push to be tested because I won't come back to work. Then, luckily, I went to some clinic in Bosmond, which that's where I actually got tested, and that was... Sorry, just repeat and that again, Anonymous. You went to a clinic, and then the, you got tested. Yes, in Bosmond. Mm-hmm. That's where I got tested, on the 10th of June. Okay. And the, the lady informed me that, okay, um, you do not show any symptoms, but I am going to test you, but I'm just going to start with the people that are actually sick. Then I said, you know what, I, I really do not mind, I'll wait, mm-hmm. because I really need this for work. Mm-hmm. So after she tested me, she told me that, okay, you'll get your results in a month or so. Uh, right now we're dealing, like she was telling, basically telling me what the other clinics were telling me, that we're starting with the people that are actually sick. Mm-hmm. So what happened is, then she explained that, okay, from now on, please wear your mask, wash your hands, sanitize your hands, do everything but you can return to work. Then once the results come back, that's when we'll know if should you continue going to work or should you quarantine. Then after that, what happened is I called my manager, explained everything to my manager. Then he said um, that that does not work for the company. So I then asked him, okay, can I just go to the doctor just to find out what's actually wrong with me because I also don't believe that I have corona because I'm not um, having any symptoms and stuff. Mm. He then said, no, go to the doctor and see what the doctor says. Yes, go ahead, Anonymous. And then I went to the doctor, my doctor checked me, and then he just like a, a dry throat or something that he cheated it. Then he said, should I 
they'll be coughing, I should not return to work, then we'll do further investigations. So then he gave me a few days. After a few days, I was feeling fine. I then returned to work on the 15th. At work, they turned me back, saying uh, I can't, I can't be there, as I need to have tests done. Then I just informed them, that, okay, if should there be anything that you guys need from me, please contact my doctor, because i like this doctor, I've been telling him everything that's been happening at work. So he then said, everything they need, could they please just communicate on email? Mm-hmm. Then the company communicated with my doctor, and I don't know where it ended, because he then called me to say, listen, I'm not going to do this test, as your company is not giving me reasons as to why you need to take those tests. Then on the 25th, I received a call work because I had a meeting with my with the bosses then i got a call from the clinic now this is bosman clinic telling me okay no you need to come your results came back and you've tested positive so but, i but then called work to the, tell the, them hold on did you the, the, the doctor said you need to come yes i had complained about my manager to okay. the bosses all right. Anonymous, let, let me ask you to, to pause there for a second. I've got to take a quick break. Uh, we still have our labor expert listening in, Mike Backram, who's going to just help us through this particular case. And we'll also take your calls as soon as we're done with this. Here, there and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. With a labor law expert, Mike Bagram, and we are going through some of your problems that you're facing with the employer at the moment, and we're hearing that lots of people are having difficulty with their relationship with the employer, particularly uh, around this uh, pandemic that we're facing at the moment. We're currently in conversation with Anonymous uh, for obvious reasons, and we're also not going to name the name of the company uh, for obvious reasons there too, but she's taking us through her ordeal. Anonymous, if you can just uh, pick up where you left off, please. Go ahead. All right, so after all that was done, um, I continued, um, went to the clinic, I was told, okay, you need to stay away for 14 days. Then after 14 days, you can return to work. After 14 days, I wanted to return to work. I was told, no, you need to retest again. But now the company was going to pay for my test. When I tested, my results came back positive, and they've been coming positive like three times. So after all that, I think after my second results, I was then booked for a hearing. And in the on the hearing form, they said that I came to work knowing very well that I had corona. And I gave my manager false information to say that I had cold, I had cold flu, whereas I knew that I have corona. So right now I've got a pending hearing which is taking place soon because I came to work to endanger staff. All right, let me bring a Mike uh, Bagram in, in, in the conversation. Mike, your take of this uh, particular case. Thank you, and thanks for the outline of the case. First of all, there, there are two issues here. The first issue that the anonymous was speaking about uh, was the UIF claims on behalf of foreigners which were belonging to staff mm. 
Um, I'm not sure what the gain is because if people are working and earning, um, I, it doesn't make sense what, what the company was trying to do. And I, there might be some mm. miscommunication between the staff member and the company. And the company should, in fact, come forward and say to all the staff, because they're quite right, the Minister of Labor, Tillerson Kesey, did ask uh, the employers to apply on behalf of their staff if the staff were earning less because of the lockdown. If they were earning less and um, they couldn't, didn't have the money to pay everyone their full salary or any salary, then they were expected as a company or as an employer to then apply on behalf of all the staff. Uh, you could apply on behalf of foreigners as well. There was nothing standing in the way of foreigners applying likewise to the rest of the staff. Uh, there's no discrimination in South Africa for that. There's a slight problem in that many foreigners came here to work without work permits, and mm. obviously they're not going to get their UIF payments, their TERS, mm. which is the emergency payment. So I'm not sure what happened, but obviously anonymous can go to the commissioner um, and lodge a, you can lodge an anonymous complaint with the commissioner. That's Tiboko Maruping, um, and I can give his email address on air if you allow me to do that. Yep. Um, because then people can complain directly to the commissioner, who would then activates an investigation because they have asked the public to come forward with any investigation, especially when it's an allegation of fraud, because we're seeing a lot of fraud coming out of the department itself. Uh, the department, there's people in the department who are colluding with some people in the employer to actually get claims through not for the correct people. Mm. We, we're reading about dead people being able to claim. We're reading about cases where uh, one individual collected the whole company's UIF and put it in his pocket. Sure. So it's got to be a collusion between someone at the UIF and someone in the company. Mm. And if that's the case, then... then Tsubokho needs to know about it, and he is acting on it. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm activating a lot of claims to him. Mm. All right, so we'll, we'll then put out that number when, when we're done so that everybody can have it. Let's talk about this other hearing that she's got pending. Okay, that, that's a, a little bit more complicated because obviously the company um, seems to be nervous. Now, there's a lot of this going around. A lot of people... Um, right throughout the world, in fact, but in particular in South Africa, there's a lot of fear uh, about this coronavirus and a lot of finger-pointing and people saying, you spread it at the company and you caused the problem and uh, you were a person that knew that you had it and didn't come in. Mm. Um, we, we've had this many years in this country for the TB, if you remember yes. our TB yeah. outbreaks. We have a lot of them, especially in the Western province, there's been quite a lot of TB. Mm. Um, and if someone's got TB and it's been diagnosed and they still insist on coming to work and not telling anyone, that's a notifiable disease. And not only would they then get dismissed, uh, but they would obviously face all sorts of criminal claims as well because it's a notifiable disease. Now, the corona, COVID-19, is not as bad as the TV and is not as uh, not uh, um, a disease that spreads as easily, but it still spreads. And uh, many of the employers have this almost a discriminatory approach to their staff if they hear someone coughing, sneezing. Um, it's. I mean, I, I must admit, I a few days ago went into a shop 
And I'm not sure what made me do it, but I still had my mask on, but I sneezed. And immediately I sneezed, <laughs> Everybody I felt like you. a letter. <laughs> you know? Everyone went running. I thought, gee whiz, well, you know, what have they seen? But it was me sneezing. <laughs> and that, so I thought, gee whiz, you know, that's, that's really bad. Now, we can you imagine how that gets escalated at the workplace yeah. where this poor lady, the, the anonymous, coughs at work and everyone rounds up on her and says, get out of here, you're going to affect all of us, in particular the employer saying it. It's a pretty it's a pretty unfair way of discriminating against people because she might have had just a normal cough. As it turns out, she was in fact tested mm, positive. Mm. So yes, it was probably a good thing that they told her to go and get herself tested. Mm. It was probably a good thing that they told her to stay at home mm. while she's being tested. I'm not sure she doesn't come tell us whether she was paid because she's entitled to sick leave then. Uh, the first 30 days of this exercise is you're entitled to sick leave and the employer can claim from the compensation fund yes. under COIDA. Yeah. All right. And, I'm, I'm going to put uh, her back up again, Mike, but let's just take a quick break so that we can get the headlines from Uti Lesaku. It's 2.30. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. We are in conversation with labor law expert Mike Bagram, and we're also in conversation with Anonymous, who's got quite a, a complicated case that we're dealing with. I've promised that I'll take your calls and I'll also take your voice notes for uh, for Mike to try and assist if you've got any problems related to the workplace, any labor-related issues, you can start dialing in now. M- Mike, just your final comment on that particular case. And what, what I will do, we will take your, the number of the URF commissioner and give it to Anonymous as well. But with regards to this, this COVID, uh, I'd say... I mean, I don't know. It's a stigma. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. How would you frame um, what's happened there, uh, and how must she then face the, the the disciplinary hearing? Well, obviously, she's got to face the disciplinary hearing on the basis that she didn't know that she was positive at the time when she first came to work. She had no idea, and in fact, by the sounds of things, even the clinic said you're not presenting any of these symptoms. So we suggest you go back to work. So she should go back to the clinic, say, this is what you people told me. This is the person that told me, the nurse. Can you give me a note? Because that's a perfect defense. She must go to the disciplinary hearing and must and must present her defense. Obviously, once she knew that she was positive, then obviously she couldn't go back. But from what she outlined now today is that once she found out she was positive, she then went and put herself in quarantine for the 14 days. By the way, it's 10 days now. Mm. And also, you don't need to go and get yourself tested negative. All you need now is a clinic or a doctor to give you a certificate to say you can go back to work because there's no good wasting another test. We're desperate in the country with our tests. So you don't want to go to another test. After a person's been out for 10 days, they then go back to the clinic. They will then give you a note saying you're not presenting any symptoms. You've had it 10 days ago. You're now good and proper to go back to work. So yeah, we don't but, want to waste the test. But, Mike, she's got a, she's got a much more complicated case because the, the employer insisted that she, test, she gets tested. And unfortunately, since she's been testing, she's been testing positive. So can the employer, number one, insist that you test because they said, no, we'll pay for it. But her case is, 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 you know, she's been testing positive since. 
Well, then she must stay out of work because once you're positive, you can't go in. No, she hasn't been going to work. But but yeah. this, this you know, she's going to have to test for as long as they want her to test. Or can she say... As no? long as they're paying, then yes. that's what they must do. Yeah. You and ask- they must carry on paying a, a full sick leave. And also, after the 30 days, mm-hmm. they have to pay her a salary for the next three months. And they must claim that back from workman's compensation. Anonymous, the you- compensation fund must pay. Anonymous, have you been getting paid since you've been off work? No, I haven't. I haven't because I even time. called to say I tested and I tested positive. I need medication. I do not have money. I was not answered. I was not told anything. Hmm. That's okay. not fair. Okay. That's entirely unfair. They must pay you for three months, your full salary, and they must also claim from compensation fund the full cost of your medication many companies what they're doing today decent companies are saying all right we will forward you the money up front for the medication and we will in turn claim it from the compensation fund but they are obliged by law to pay you your salary for the first three months and say that this was a disease that was contracted at work and must fill in the claim the coida claim and they must then apply to the compensation fund for the return of the money thereafter. Now, the compensation fund, unfortunately, is incredibly dysfunctional. Uh, We've had that on SAFM many times, but that's not your problem. That's the company's problem. They must forward you your salary, and you need to go and speak to a legal advisor or even speak to the fund, Um, and you can then, in turn claim from the fund itself and make sure that the fund then comes down very hard on the, on the employer. Okay. So, um, Anonymous, thank you so much for your story. What we'll do, it will forward you the number of the UIF commissioner. You can... Um, go anonymously there and tip them off about the company. Give them all the details. And I don't know if you've got a pen and paper, but even if you don't, we'll repeat it later. But the number is 0800-843-843. And I'll repeat it. 0800-843-843. I will then repeat it again much, much later. These are the people who are going to do the investigation for you with regards to what exactly your company was doing with all these claims. And then subsequent to that, we'll also get you the um, a number for compensation fund claims or at least a tip-off, whatever it is that they can assist you with. Um, I hope you, you, know, you get all of this sorted. If not, we'll follow up with you. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, thank you very, very much for for telling us your story and being so open. Lots of you also sending in your voice notes as well. Let's just take a listen. Hi, Ospemelo. Ospemelo, can you please ask Mike if the company refuses with your medical reports? How can you deal with that? Where can you report them? There was a guest at your show, I think, three months, four months back, and he took my details until now. They, I have not been even contacted. Can you please ask Mike? I was injured last year, August at work. I was working as an apprentice at one of the biggest giant steel companies in South Africa. So they are refusing with my uh, medical reports. What can I do? Thank you. Mike from Midvale. Hello, Pamela and SA listener. According to me, on the issue of the the sister there regarding the company who doesn't want to pay here and the hearing. I think these people, that is the strategy of getting right of here. You may find out that even that doctor, they paid him or her. 
so that they can lie that the tests were positive. There is no way that this lady was going to work knowing exactly that she's, she's, she's positive. She stayed home for 14 days, she went back to work, then they sent her away. Now they come with the excuses. I think it's the, another way of getting rid of her because they know she find out now be, uh, regarding this UIF claim what they did. Now they are scared that they are going to be exposed. This is the other way of getting rid of a, a voiceless person. Thank you. Sure. I mean, I didn't think about that. Mike, you want to respond to that? Well, I do. The first caller, Mike, I think his name is Mike, um, he's entitled to his medical report. He's entitled to have it. I think the company seems to be holding it back or something. I'm not sure why and what the reason is. But if it's your medical report about you, you're entitled to it. Um, the company, in fact, isn't entitled to it. They're not entitled to know what your medical report is. Doctors on medical reports and medical notes normally write too ill to work or aren't, are not able to work. They don't have to give the reasons. So there's something very fishy about that. Mike, um, is, is this, that, yeah. it sounded a little bit like it's a it's a, also a, a compensation fund issue. So I'm not sure. I don't remember. But I think he it's an issue about him claiming for or injury or illness from the workplace. That's possibly why they no. have the medical reports. Okay, but then he's still entitled to it and he's entitled to follow up himself to find out why he hasn't been paid. Yeah. The problem with the compensation fund is, and as I said earlier, it's very yeah. dysfunctional. So, um, the employees, the workers of South Africa are being messed around uh, quite badly. I mean, I spoke to a fellow this morning who lost his eye at work in Port Elizabeth 21 years ago. He still hasn't been sorted out. Um, I'm going to try and sort it out for him, but... The commissioner of the compensation fund is actually a decent guy, and he does take these very seriously, Mr. Mafata, Commissioner Mafata. Uh, so people should, again, follow up with their claims. And if he hasn't been paid this, Mike, he should actually contact the commissioner directly because it sounds very unfair, that as well. In terms of the second call, I didn't get his name, uh, but he might. there might be some truth to this. There might be a strategy to... Um, Try and chase someone out because they anonymous might have now picked up a fraud yeah. where they're claiming on behalf of some foreign workers who don't have work permits, for instance, and then they want to get them some money. And so they pretend that it's their normal employees and claim on their behalf, but they give the money to the, the foreigners. It's a difficult one to prove and difficult to look at it, but they are printing... The uh, UIF through the TERS claims are actually printing their, their their payments. So you're entitled to go and see who got paid. Uh, and in fact, many employees are complaining now, saying they've got the printout and the payments have come through. Nobody's paid them. But the employer hasn't paid. Yeah. Um, and that's caused a lot of trouble. Sometimes these, uh, these schedules are not correct. I've just come across one now where they printed the schedule so everyone's been paid. When we went and ch- chased it through and watched the bank account, whatever, the money hasn't come through, uh, which has almost caused insurrection at work because mm-hmm. they believe that the employer is holding back and keeping their money. So you've got to be very careful before you jump to a conclusion. Uh, but I know that the minister, although he's been ill, he, ca- he only came out of hospital last night, um, and we, we all wish him well, the Minister of Employment and Labor, um, he's very strong on calling for investigations uh, into these fraudulent claims. 
Um, and I know that uh, Commissioner Marupeng is now seized with having to investigate all of this. There's going to be probably millions of rands of fraudulent claims. We're not sure where they're emanating from. The minister, I think, disingenuously was blaming employers, but we've got to find out. We, it's no good having all this money that's floating around the system and there's all these frauds going on. I mean, that's exactly the opposite of what the president called for, mm. um, where people are desperate, people are starving, and there are others that are stealing. Yeah. Uh, that really is not fair. So, yes, there might be a strategy, but you need to be able to prove that strategy and pull all the pieces of string together so that we can actually show a case. Mike, let's just take a call from Eunice in Johannesburg. Eunice, welcome to the show. Hello, Eunice. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Thank you for calling, Eunice. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, my problem is at our company, we did we get UAF for April only, but for May and June, our boss said they block him. So we we want help. Okay. Um, yeah. Mike, is this also sort of the compensation fund um, where they would come in and maybe investigate or not? Uh, this, not this, is a, this is a UIF, not compensation fund. I beg your fund. pardon. I beg your pardon. UIF. A, and yes, I mean, what I'm happy to do, um, I'm happy to follow up with the commissioner directly because mm-hmm. a lot of the companies are drowning. They, they're saying we've written 100 times, 200 times. You can't believe the... I get 250 emails a day uh, from the company saying, here's all our letters we've written to the fund, but no one's answering us and the employees are starving. Mm. And yes, some people only got paid for April. Um, I had a few companies this morning telling me they haven't even been paid for April yet. What is, um, what is yes, blocking We need means? to push. Have you heard of that, Mike? Sorry? Have you heard of, of, of somebody saying that they've blocked him? I mean, he's saying to yes. what, yeah, what does it mean? What does it mean? All the time. And I'm not sure why. It's normally when a mistake is made on the application. The application form is notoriously difficult to fill in online. Okay. You make one mistake and then they block you. Ah, got you. Okay. And it's the system, it's a system that is not exactly user-friendly. And especially when you're dealing with someone like me, um, that is just no good at forms. I can't even get my own name right. <laughs> and then you ask me to fill in a form, um, and I'm going to mess it up. It's inevitable. And anyway, I'm so nervous knowing that if I make one mistake, I'm blocked forever. Then you will mess um, it up. <laughs> I will make a mistake. I, I ask my own bookkeeper to say, listen, I'm too scared. You, half my age, you do it. Okay. Um, and Mike, she got it right, but she was lucky. Because <laughs> I'm hearing hundreds of companies doing this and saying, that they've been blocked or their name was wrong. There are other sorts of other problems. I mean, if you're employed by a trust, for instance, which doesn't have a company number, mm-hmm. then the system isn't geared to deal mm-hmm. with a trust, so they just block all the trusts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, or if you're working for an NGO, for instance, yes. they're blocking them because they don't have a registration number. It's a, it's a, it's bad, a bad system. Okay. Let's take uh, a one or two voice notes, Mike. Uh, hi again, Sviso here. Uh, I just want to know just one thing. How do I prove to my employer that I got a COVID-19 at work? Because I, we also had we had a, one um, a worker who tested positive, but we cannot confirm that whether she got it 
from the bus to work or at home or somewhere else how can we really really say that this person got COVID-19 at work thank you Mark it's actually an excellent question and I wanted to tell you um, earlier on with this particular compensation fund if, if you're going to go that route the question is how do you know that you got ill from work I must tell you, that's a million-dollar question. Um, (laughs) If I could answer it, I'd probably be the best doctor in the world. I think it's very unfair, first of all, uh, to put the onus on the employee to prove that. That, That's not fair. And, in fact, I don't believe the fund is expecting employees Mm -hmm. to prove it. Mm -hmm. It's for the employer to come forward and say it came from work. And I tell you, the easiest way to show it is to say, listen, I'm not sick. No one else in my family living with me is sick. So obviously the way I caught it is either traveling to work, at work, or traveling back home. No, Mike. I mean, you go to the shops and stuff. All that falls under the compensation fund. However, I mean, but, but, but you could have gone to the shops to get essentials and you could have gotten there. Well, yes, but, you know, you, you practice, you, all you say is I practice my social distancing. I wear my mask. I, sanitize my hands, where I'm really in touch with people, very close to people, mm-hmm. is in the taxi mm-hmm. or at work. That's, that's, and uh, it's very unfair of the fund to reject that individual and say, no, we know that you were playing soccer, and when you were playing soccer, someone coughed on you, and therefore you got it there. I think it's more likely that you received it in the taxi going to work or at work where they're making you in a in a factory, for instance, work with a hundred people and there's not proper ventilation, and that that's probably where you got it. And for the fund to come forward and say no, we're rejecting you, would be disingenuous. They haven't been, um, they haven't been rejecting people for that. Okay. Obviously, if you if you come forward and say, listen, my wife has was tested positive about two weeks ago, and now I've got it. Well, then they've got a very good reason to reject you. Mike, it's been wonderful talking to you. I'm going to give out those numbers and, and we can maybe assist people. People are requesting that you come back, Mike, because they've got so many questions and it seems like a lot of people are facing difficulties with, with their relationships now with the employer. Can we try and get you back soon? With pleasure. Um, hopefully I'll remain virus-free, but you never know. <laughs> so, Mike. Oh, that's I'll not funny, no Mike. It's, it's, so if it's I don't not... answer my phone, you know what happened. No, man, it's not funny. Thank <laughs> you. Keep safe and, and stay healthy. Thank you. Keep thank well. You. Keep up your good work. Oh, thank you, Mike Backram. And uh, he's a labor law expert. We'll, we'll try and get him back sooner than later so that we can try and address many of your questions. I see them. I'm so sorry we couldn't get to all of your questions. Lots of you with lots of problems. But what I will do, I'll give you those numbers. In the meantime, you can go directly to the URF. You can also go directly to the compensation fund. We can do our bit in trying to assist you there. And I, and I suspect a lot of you, your issues can be resolved by Department of Labor. Uh, I'll give you those details so that you can at least start that process immediately.